Hello everyone, Zach here from the Carnival of Randomness on behalf of our sponsor, Opsitnik & Associates. In these unprecedented times, we reflect on our future, both in the next few weeks and months, but also the upcoming years and decades. And it's time to prepare for that future. Opsitnik & Associates has been contacted by many healthcare workers, as well as old and new clients, to prepare wills, powers of attorney, and advanced directives, also called a living will. All of you need these documents. So don't say you don't have any assets to speak of, no children or other dependents. Regardless of the circumstances now, you will need a will for today and tomorrow. Al Opsitnik feels so strongly about having wills and other needed documents prepared that Opsitnik and Associates can prepare your will, power of attorney, and living will at no charge, you heard that correct, no charge until the end of 2020. No hidden fees or gimmicks. Al feels so strongly about planning for the future at this time that he is willing to assist you with your future. Trust Opsitnik & Associates, attorneys for 42 years, from the Supreme Court to Alaska and everywhere in between. You can find them online, OpsitniksLaw.com, on Facebook, Opsitnik & Associates, or call them toll-free, 1-866-391-3299 to prepare for your future. Hello, it was a rainy day this morning for Carnival of Randomness, and Greg did not get a chance to cut his grass, did he? Man, Maybe this afternoon. I, I'm an anti-grass guy. And we have guy. as a guest today, <laughs> pro wrestling's loss is music skiing, John Eric Payton. Ah, yes. <laughs> Ex-almost wrestler. Yes, the mass John. grappler. <laughs> Who was your inspiration, though, when you saw, like, in terms of, like, to get into wrestling? Oh, were... my very, very earliest was in the 1970s, pre-1975, when I lived in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I saw this huge muscular blonde guy and what it was was a very young rick flair um and he was whatever i was getting in erie pennsylvania because i my, my parents did not let me watch it they thought it was ridiculous and i had to sneak sort of watching it so uh so, uh, Ric Flair, and then uh, early, then the '80s, all the '80s. And WWF. the thing is, people who don't know, Ric Flair at that time, he was a really, really big guy. Yes, he was very massive, hum humongous, three hundred pounds. Yeah, and he was gonna, he wanted to be something like uh, Ricky Rhodes, like <laughs> yes. the Dusty Rhodes. Yes, yeah, right. He was. Uh, what did he? What did, what did he want to be called? So, What's well, like something with the R, Ricky? Or like it was something Rhodes, though, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was. That was my very first, and I would. I'd have to watch it like Rocky Rhodes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would have to watch it clandestinely in my house, and then my father would see it. He would turn it right off and say, "Stop!" And I, he'd find a chore for me. You know, <laughs> uh, my dad was a buzzkill when I watched wrestling and stuff. He got, mm -hmm. "Oh, it's all fake! It's all fake!" Of like, oh, yeah, shut up. See, my, my dad was always. We used to go to the things at the War Memorial when they had them. Yeah, and they were fun. I would always look forward to seeing them. And it, it was cool at the time too for wrestling for a drum podcast, of course. <laughs> was that you didn't know at the time? You sort of knew, but you weren't sure. Oh, but I man. heard stories like about the Sheik. There was a story, and this guy was the madman in Detroit, not the Iron Sheik. Yes. He never yes. broke KFAB, and KFAB is the yes. idea that you always yeah. never tell. But what he did, he did one autograph appearance, and it was for a friend. He did it in character. He didn't talk. But what he would do, it. they said in the hotel room, they could see the Sheik chasing people around. <laughs> yes, yes. And you, you know, he because they would, they would the be. the crap out of people. Yeah. And they would just hold it. It was very serious. And I loved George the Animal Steel. He scared yes. me. 
<laughs> yes. I, I miss kayfabe so much. I, even as a little boy, knew that a 300-pound man coming off the rope on another guy's throat wasn't really... They had some kind of theater, but right. I enjoyed losing myself in... That's, it's in like, you know, it's oh, like yeah, a magic it's great show. Stuff. Yeah. It's like a magic show, you know... But, you know, like Ole Anderson told the story before they wised him up to the business. Mm. Okay, a guy gets me in a headlock, I'm just going to pick him up and drop him. Yes. And they had to explain, well, you don't do that. Yes. But what Ole would do is he would get, like, they would have marks from the audience in their local shows. They would want, <laughs> they want to wrestle. Yeah. So he would say, the guy would come up to him, okay, who's going to win? What do you mean who's going to win? Whoever wins. And he said these guys would shit their pants and run and fall out of <laughs> Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. Dude, give me going down this road, man. I could talk forever. No, we could talk wrestling. I actually Andrews. went to one of those at a war memorial a long time ago. Martinez or something. Somebody was there, and he had a freaking chain. He was hitting the guy with a big chain and all this stuff. And oh, it was, it was Hercules crazy. Hernandez? Yeah, that might be. Somebody like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you, did you go on? Going we back talk to our wrestling roots. and drums today. Yeah, well, right. I was going to tie this in with the. Have you ever seen the run? The old Run and Stimpy wrestling cartoon. The one, Mad oh, Dog, yes, Mad Dog Hoek. That. Yes, yes, that's great, uh-huh. man. Loaf, loaf, lumpin'. His finishing hold was the atomic butt plier. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and the other, the Space Ghost one. You know, Gorilla. You no, know, he sticks Calhoun, Wildfire, Tommy Rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, those guys were totally into that stuff. I mean, we were watching it as a, as a young kid. You're like, what? <laughs> Yeah, no, but uh, yes, uh, if if music didn't bite me, uh, I would have tried to be a wrestler, and I it's a good thing because I would have been crippled. Right. Now. <laughs> but the one story that when it's, it was like you know when you find the gifts hidden upstairs from Santa Claus at your parents hide. Yeah. They would take me into matches, so I saw the Andre the Giant Killer Khan match. Oh. And wow. this was the match where they announced how Killer Khan broke his leg. And oh, wow. what happened was Andre broke his leg getting out of bed. Uh-huh. So I was at the match. I don't remember seeing him break his leg. And I'm like, wait a sec. <laughs> I didn't get, it. You didn't get killed getting hit by a bus. Right. Hey, who knows? See, <laughs> you, you grew up here in Rochester, didn't yep. you? So you there was some great uh, Northeast WWF action at the War Memorial yeah. when you probably saw as a kid. Yeah, and the other thing was the old, I vaguely remember my introduction to wrestling was a show hosted by Dick the Destroyer Bear in Rochester. Yes. And actually, he passed away a couple of years ago. I wrote to Mr. Bear, and I asked him, did you do this? Because my brother told me there was one, he would he would broadcast in the mask. Okay. And one time a guy oh, yeah. whacked him over yeah. the head with a garbage can lid. Yeah. So he came on the next day had a bandage over yeah. his mask. And I remember the Fargo brothers. Yeah. And they what the Fargo brothers were, they were Johnny Valentine and his son Greg. Yep. And yep. what they all of a sudden people noticed. So Greg Valentine made an appearance here a few years ago and I went to see him. And I said, Oh, the Fargo brothers. He's like, Yeah. yeah. And Dick Byer or Bear, he was a destroyer, right? Yep. Yeah. The magnificent the destroyer. Masked destroyer. So uh, tell us what you know about wrestling there, Greg. Uh, not much. I know they always stomp the floor when yeah. they hit somebody. Should have had the mad and drummer. It's like they have the drummer. They, wait a second. The manager throws him the cowbell. That's right. Conk. That's funny. But uh, to tie wrestling and drumming together, I have my alter ego is the mass grappler, and I've played several gigs. Matter of fact, with, I've seen it, I think. Yeah, I've uh, never seen with it. With anonymous I think I, No, I saw it one Halloween. Yes, yeah, so I did it on Halloween. I committed the entire night. I came in That's with awesome. a mask. I set up with the mask. I left with the mask on. I didn't I know remember that. that. I, can't, yeah. I remember Susie had the little, like, the skull thing. Yes. Little, That's hilarious. But the other, could you ever do 
uh, the Bunny Carlos thing. How does the dude smoke the whole time while he's playing drums? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I saw know, him. I saw great... him here, and he's just sitting there smoking, playing the drums. Yes, he uh, he must have had an ashtray like hot glued onto his kick drum. <laughs> I don't think about that because he. <laughs> no, really. I saw. I people asked me. I saw the Rolling Stones in 1989 at RFK Stadium. They asked me. I said the big thing I took out of it. Keith balanced the cigarette the whole time. Right. <laughs> when I saw Motorhead, Lemmy would have a cigarette, put it on his guitar like a pick. Oh, you man. know. Well, you know, maybe I don't know, but maybe they were, maybe they're smoking like the clove type things or the, the Hollywood. I don't type think Lemmy, you would. know, <laughs> yeah. not real cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think so for Lemmy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, not Lemmy. Double double Marlboros. That's like, right. Like somehow packed dip, twice dip, as much. Dip not in LSD, but in <laughs> vodka and orange juice. Yeah. I told you no filters. <laughs> but one of the things we talked. Talking about before we started was sound quality in terms of gigs, right? Yeah, so I know you do your own. I saw you this past week. Well, what I was starting to say uh, was that that's one of the reasons everybody kind of teases me about why do you get there so damn early? And I'm like, because good parking space. Yeah, that. <laughs> and uh, you know, I want to get the stuff in there. I allow 20 minutes to schlep the stuff in because that's especially if you're doing it by yourself. It takes a few trips. You got to take stuff out of cases. You got to set stuff up. You got to organize things. You got to position stuff. I know with COVID, and, you know, you just, your army of roadies has been laid off because of COVID. Right, yeah, the show. army of roadies that we could never pay anyway. So, <laughs> right. hey, you want to do something for a beer? Sure. Hey, you want a free roll up? Yeah. <laughs> hey, where's my drum? <laughs> right. Sometimes the beer is more than you're getting that night. Yeah, no kidding. But you know, I, I uh, and I really like to lay the wires out nice. I, I've always been sort of a weird. You know, like, I learned this a long time ago from a couple guys in different bands. I remember Dick Grammatico was really into this, like, very clean stage setup when I was in early bands. And so, like, I've got this thing. I tuck wires under the carpets and and things. I I just don't want it to look like a rummage sale. So, I, you know, I get there early, make sure everything works, test, 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 you know, position stuff. And then you can relax a little bit. You can change. And you don't look like a, you know, I don't like doing it when there's people around. I don't want to go through people. You want to go through the magic, like, too. Mm-hmm. And I've seen bad setups, not by you, but by other mm-hmm. bands. I've seen certain bands where the drummer's playing and the drum goes flying off right. and falls down. <laughs> well, that has happened yeah. every now and then. <laughs> Cymbals fall. It's like, it's gone. Cymbals tip over, <laughs> you know. Then you just try to play them from underneath and look cool. Hey, that, that's really cool. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself because you were a guest of honor. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, me. Mr. John Eric Payton. Yeah. Yes. Uh, alter ego, the mass grappler. Um, no, uh, I've, I've been playing in this town since the mid-'80s uh, in several bands. Uh, had a long tenure as the drummer for the Buddha Hood uh, when Tony Cavignero was with us, and shortly after he passed. Bless uh, him, too. Yeah. He was, uh, he, I played in a metal band with him back in the 80s called Malcolm Bliss, and we had a connection going back 30 years. I had plus seen years. you guys then. I remember the yeah. name. Yes, we had the deal where we fed our live bow constrictor on stage. <laughs> and uh, Nice. But uh, then through that relationship, uh, playing with the Riff Monsters and then the Buddha Hood, and then uh, when I split from the Buddha Hood, uh, started the JPP, the John Payton Project, with my partner, <laughs> Andrew Bellavia, who was in the Buddha Hood with me. 
And um, Andrew's awesome. Yes, played a lot with uh, that. Still, no, that me. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming up on the 10 year anniversary of the JPP coming up in December. Cool. Were you, that, I'd say it hard to assist you. Were you planning a show <laughs> for the 10th anniversary? Uh, well, we absolutely would have if 2020 what didn't just mess everything that up. That was we had Kim Dreheim on, and one of the things he had is 50th anniversary playing show. COVID said no. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Kim is another. I spent time recently uh, being his, the drummer for his band, maybe a couple, two, three years ago. I spent time drumming with Anonymous Willpower when Greg, uh, who's very busy with a bunch of gigs, couldn't do that. As opposed to doing time. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, now... He went away to right. an island. <laughs> uh, I drummed for Cinnamon Jones for a few years, and then uh, now I'm just doing JPP, and I'm playing with uh, Centenary Road, which is a reggae wow. rock band, which is led by Paul Brown, who is... Uh, he was the uh, Eddie Grant's guitarist, Rock Down to Electric Avenue. Um, oh, cool. Uh, and he is downtown Julie Brown's big brother from MTV. Fan. Oh, wow. Oh, and cool. he's a great, great vocalist, a wealth of songs, and we're about to put our record out. Um, our first record out. We've been working on it in a while. That's awesome, man. JPP is in a transitional phase, and um, uh, uh, we're... Our new guitarist, he's really, actually our original guitarist, Bobby Olson, coming back. But uh, over the COVID thing, he broke his leg really bad. I heard yeah. this unfortunately. Three places. Heard, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah so you know. we're in a, when he gets well and is able to get up and get around, we have a lot of work in the woodshed to do to get our set back together. I do know, like, one of them, it's gone different ways. I've known some people over this. And I do want to do a compilation of how this crap has affected people because a lot of people take it different ways i've heard some people they can't get any creativity going other people one of my friends said he's done like four albums worth of material <laughs> <laughs> it's funny man i've taken i've taken the opportunity to do all kinds of things that my suffered in my life before like home projects and right. uh, uh, i clean my rugs in my backyard i told <laughs> myself that but then i'm at the point where i'm like damn it laundry fold yourself yeah. <laughs> i thought during the actual lockdown i mean i've been back to work now for a couple months but i thought dur while i was home all for a couple months i thought i'd be playing a lot more drums turns out i did a lot more other things like and i actually got away from the drums for the first time in 30 plus years you know <laughs> For a little while, it was kind of okay. I uh, actually started practicing a little more because I don't practice all that much, to be, to be truthful. <laughs> that's good, you know. And working on the yard and cleaning rugs and things mm -hmm. like that. It's like okay, fifteen years, time to clean it's the rugs. So much you know? dog hair. It's <laughs> like, like there's a rug under the dog yeah. hair. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> there's a rug under there. Yay! But how did was there somebody that really? When you started for drumming, that yeah. really hooked you when you played music. Where oh. oh, damn it! I want to, yeah. I want to hit things with my hands. Yeah, well, <laughs> as a very young, young person, uh, seeing like Buddy Rich on the uh, on the uh, Muppet Show with Animal, right? Uh, and 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 then when I got into an adolescent, I got into Rush heavily, and so oh, another passing yeah. this year, Neil Peart. Yeah, yeah. So he was a huge idol of mine early on. And then uh, just a myriad of drummers from there. Myriad. Just like... I appreciate Greg, how you sure. use the word myriad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of, I said was one of my literally... You ever, if you see a big band that you've always followed, I would go to every... I have like a group of friends from college. 
I remember I saw Getty Lee biking on the Canal Trail before their Fourth of July show one year. Oh, wow. And we had a huge, deep conversation. Hi. 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 <laughs> and I got home. I like took my dog home. I met Getty. I met Getty. I met Getty. And I keep telling that story. We exchanged dialect. Yeah, it would be like, you know, <laughs> over the years it would be, well, we stopped. We had lunch. I was backstage. They called me out for Tom Sawyer. <laughs> but no, I just, we said hi. That was it. But I remember we would go. I have a group of friends. They're all big Rush fans. And every time Rush would play, I'd get the call. Okay, we're going to get tickets. We're going to go. So they played at the New York State Fair in 2010. And I went down, this was when they did the time, like the back in time tour, they played all the moving pictures. Oh, awesome. But when Neil, and they have the weird thing like with the chefs coming out in the ovens. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But Neil did the solo, and for me, it was the best solo I've ever seen. And I just sat there and said, this was beyond, I don't think it could get better than this. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's you know he, after he did that deep study with I think Freddie Hubbard. Yeah, he what he did was he said I wanted to restart. Yeah. He taught himself how to learn drums he, again. Yeah, he switched to traditional grip and uh, and he had to basically learn all over again and really like wanted to be able to swing and that that solo and those that era really represents. And they would have like the that. swing like the laser behind yeah. him with the and he started he just like get the other yeah. things and swing. I mean he always had those crazy technical chops fast as a right. machine gun, but you know he was quite mechanical. Man, did he learn how to swing? I would listen like. Not having really like the talent for it, but the ear subdivisions, and you would just I listen to the drum parts like Rice Rats, and yeah. you would just hear, How's he doing this? He's like adding this in extra. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's he's got some kind of third arm out of his chest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but then, buddy, I read Carmen yeah. App. Epicy's book at peace. They changed the name over the years. Yeah. Wow, he's a sex maniac. <laughs> but the story he tells is well, I remember when we used to go around, we'd compare what kind of drugs we took and everything. Now we go around, hey, yeah. what kind of high blood medicine are you taking? But he would say, like, he ran into Buddy Rich and he said Buddy Rich was known for sticking his nose up at rock drummers. Right. Now, oh, Buddy sure. Rich had it, but he, he just hated rock drummers. He thought they, he made the one comment, well, if you can't play, you play in a rock band. Yeah. But he would come up to Carmen and say, I like you. Oh. He, I'm sure it's, uh, was great. I'm sure Buddy Rich thought rock drumming was quite rudimental and simple. I mean, uh, you, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Buddy Rich was, a, you know, was a classic dick too. From what oh, I'm he, told. everything I read about him, he was great. But he was, I'll give him that he was arrogant. But he was, he could back it up. He's damn good. I mean, it wasn't I, like one of these guys. He did some otherworldly. things things <laughs> but he was a dick yeah. you know I, I think a lot of that though may have come from either well maybe a competitiveness and just that whole era that he was from man because oh. men were men i watched and, you the, know like i have yeah. one of my favorite era, cds Italian, yeah. whatever one of my favorite stuff. cds is the Krupa rich drum battles right yeah no you talk about two different you know uh machines like you know buddy could just just you know, just dazzle you with the speed and technical virtuosity. And G- Gene Krupa didn't have that, but he had just this great phrasing and he could swing. Would, yeah, and he could swing. <laughs> yes, and when that, I would, I love the contrast of listening to the you know Buddy. Okay, and then you know you know uh, Krupa doing his thing right now, all those guys had their niche. Louis Belson came out with the bigger set. Yeah, and then you know there was more flash. And, uh, you know, then Buddy Rich just did basically rudimental madness, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, 
And I, I found this really cool Belson, not Louis Belson. Is it Louis? Wait a minute. Or Krupa. Some... It is Gene Krupa. I found this like 10 inch record Gene Krupa swings or something, and it's all brush stuff. And oh. it's real cool. If you, yeah. I'll, I went down the rabbit hole on YouTube the other day with a bunch of those Krupa solos, and then Buddy Rich solos, and then yeah. Belson, and then. Than a whole bunch of modern, more modern era drummers. Yeah, you can go down the rabbit hole. You start. I've been doing my YouTube <laughs> concerts where it's like I can't go to them, so right. I'll yeah. do this. But you also evolved too. You said you started with metal. Yeah, yeah. And I know, like, like the reggae. How's I know our friend Rob Mount, who's been on here. Mm-hmm. He said, like, I asked him, what kind of style would you try out of your comfort zone? He said, well, I, you know, would you try ska or reggae? I try it. I don't think I'd be very good at it. Mm-hmm. And he spoke about how much he likes Stuart Copeland. Yes, Copeland. Yeah. But really, how did you evolve like that in terms well, of playing? Well, it was my experience in Buddhahood because I became, I was Tony's drummer in the metal days and Buddhahood found themselves in need of a drummer. And I had outgrown my metal. I, I had so much more to express and I didn't realize I didn't know how to do that. So I, I, I you know, I went, I just uh, started studying world music and listening to reggae like intensely put all my metal records away and didn't listen to them for a bunch of years and just because that's an absorbed like soaked my brain in all these different styles and tried to mimic them and then on the road with buddhahood uh it was tony gave me like six months a year of patience before he before it really clicked and wow. that's the kind of patience he had with me and reggae was extremely hard now yeah. it fits like a glove for me but that is how would you like say that for somebody who's sort of starting out drums like i want to drive reggae what do you have to really be aware of mm, well the the, the tar- toughest thing for me and greg can probably understand is like ignoring the one right <laughs> on the kick drum when as a rock or r&b or a funk drummer you know you always gave the one something on the kick drum and three something on the kick drum and now to play that one drop where you're just dropping the bomb on that three on the kick drum and ignoring the one and trying to not let it slow down. It's And then putting all the colors in there and right. making a groove and not making it sound mechanical. You know, you're, you're doing like timbali type fills instead of yes. tom fills, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and yeah, the, the one drop's important. And then there's the other thing where you're just kind of keeping the pulse, two, three, you know. Yep. Yes, the stepper group. And there's a whole different, there's th- three or four different basic. Like, and I just like so it's a lot safer, too, because you don't blow up like spinal tap drummers or metal drummers. Right. right. <laughs> and let me also say that uh, a big part of my evolution is uh, my close relationship with, over the years, with drummers like Greg right here. Um, Thank you, boss. He's about half a generation in front of me, and he he's done more, and... Uh, He's got such style and touch and finesse and such a myriad of styles. And when I, especially when I started filling in with uh, willpower, like some of the uh, some of the Latin stuff. Some oh, of they're the all. I always Nova. I call them. I told Susie um, one time, if I ever did a good indie film, you'd be the soundtrack band because you yeah. can feel it's like that stew yeah. of stuff where it's you can. It's like with your band. You can hear the influence. There's so much. It's all good music. Yeah. As I was thinking of your band again, because I got into when the pandemic first hit, I'm sitting and I'm going through my collection. I have all this world music mm-hmm. playing, like music of Africa, music. It's those rhythms. Right. Well, I mean, like, you're, I appreciate the compliment. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, 
the thing is, you got to just listen to a lot of stuff. Yeah. And when you latch on to, oh, I like this about Latin. Oh, I like this about country. Oh, I like, mm -hmm. you know, and the things that you kind of just gravitate to, and then you got you just hear it, you know, it's they're just colors, like you said. It's like mm -hmm. you just kind of start thinking, okay, I'm I'm gonna. Well, that's a kid. <laughs> like, okay, let's let's take that yeah. Cop Girls and Guns yeah. song yeah, that I Don wrote. Yeah. I love that song. And, with you know, the breaks, okay, though, with the changes. Yeah, yeah. it goes from a country, it goes from a two-beat country, mm -hmm. hillbilly country, Hank Williams thing, to a reggae thing. Yeah. And then you have to you have to transition out of that, go back to the country, but it still has to be authentic. Both parts have to be authentic. You can't just, like, you know what I mean? Yep. No, and, and that's what makes it special. And you have to know both groups. So it, it behooves anybody, any kids that are learning or any people learning that, you know, just listen to as much music as you can and listen to what is going on with all the instruments, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's another thing, too. Drummers need to really listen Except to for what's going on, not just to what you're doing. <laughs> you know, the accordion, the you can... The accordion, don't, don't... Yeah, ignore the accordion. The mouth harp, too. Throw, it, throw an axe at the accordion <laughs> That's what but. I learned, like, for writing. The first thing I've heard, like I used to said, read as much as possible first. And sort of go along them and then go from there, but right. read tons as possible. Yeah. But also, you've written Trailer Romance, didn't you write that? Yep, yep. See? Drummers can write songs. That's yep. like a country-ish... Well, I wrote, Susie always acts it out, though. Too. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I just wrote the lyrics, basically. And then what I had to do with that is I had to come up with the story. Because the, basically the story behind that song, I'll make it short. But we were at a Christmas party with uh, the Oral Cram Band a long time ago. And we were, you know, drinking and stuff and having fun. But my girlfriend was there with me, and we were talking about something that her ex did. And, you know, he was cheating on her and this and that. And the other thing with this country girl, you know, kind of a trashy whatever. And so I just came up that trailer romance. I just said that. <laughs> Five, six years go by. We got to do a song like that. We got to do a song like that. I never did anything with it. Finally. Sometimes it's a, got, it, it got begs the it. title. Yeah. The title just begs to have a song It just written. kept swimming around in my head. But anyway, the, I had, so I had to come up with a story. So then I just came up with the story, and I went through some rewrites and all that. It's the, the usual process. That was one more Buddy Rich thing. This is like probably an urban legend, but supposedly his last words were, dying isn't as bad as country music. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. Me I've either. heard that actually if you do like Buddy Rich for like memes, they have like one of his quotes. <laughs> well, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure all those guys, I mean, it's great that jazz has made a comeback. And, and big bands and all, you know, thanks to Texas State and all these colleges and all the, you know, these music programs. But it's like, you know, I'm sure these guys were really bemoaning the fact that things were changing. Well, for me, in, too, in I always say I call some music right. gateway drugs. But what happened, and I'm sure, like growing up, going to like just regular school... People were spoon-fed, like they would get like all the big, you know, the regular popular bands. And the reason I always branched out is my brother was in a local band, so I knew right. the Ramones, mm -hmm. all these other bands, and I would always get tea at school, like this stuff. So, like I, I would make Gun Club CDs, right. which I'm, these days they probably put me to a shrink and throw me out of school. <laughs> oh, what are you bringing in? I bring in Gun Club in. Oh well, you you know go through. The, but and people would say, well, this sucks. Well, what do you like? It would just be the typical, yeah. you know, REO journey with yeah, all these right, other bands. Right. <laughs> and I respect it. Like Steve Smith, to me, is a very, very good drummer. Oh, excellent! And excellent. And I mean, yes. people. I think some. I think sometimes you become like I had my period, like as a 
like a snob for movies. Well, is if it isn't if it isn't a foreign language and playing it to little, I will go see it. Otherwise, I will remember. Right. You know, he, I will not go see. <laughs> but like we get the same thing where there's big bands who play huge things. Some some of them are damn good. You just can't just be snooty. Well, yeah. if the, I don't go to a gig and there's if there's more than twelve people, it yeah. sucks. Right. No, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that of weird jazz stuff. Good is good, man. You got yeah. There's a lot of those attitude things that you know why you why you playing cover songs or why you doing this or why are you in so many bands and because I want to play a lot yeah. and I don't want to be tied down to one thing and I don't want to play with myself and and you know if I want to make some money here I got to play. Three, four times a month or whatever. So, I mean, when that gets back to that, I was te- teasing with Danny the other day because, or Danny Deutsch, because at the show, oh, yeah. I was there early again and we were talking. And he goes, Oh, I see you're coming here in a couple of weeks with Krypton 88, too. And I said, Yeah. I said, I'm back to playing with every band again, buddy. Yeah, it's getting right. there. I'm I told slowly him, I climbing told Danny, back up. <laughs> I told Danny the other day what he has to do is rent a hot air balloon, put you guys up in the balloon, and they'll have more space. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. You just took over the on a temporary basis at Krypton gig, didn't you? Yeah. Who's in there? I mean, James is still singing, right? Yeah, Jim, Jim, yeah James Via, Eric Davidson on bass. And he's doing some singing too, and he wrote some songs. One of songs the best rockabilly well. bands for yes, ages yeah. mm-hmm. here. Well, it's nice that they asked me because Dana Gregory with the COVID thing, he's his immune system's a little bit on the. See, that's like I say for the weak fo- side. going outside. So he doesn't want to go outside. Else. Is anybody who just doesn't feel comfortable? I mean, mm-hmm. my allergies suck, mm-hmm. but I mean, I always make sure. Literally, if I woke up and I had like the sniffles, I'd call and say, "Look, yeah. I'm not doing it." Right. right. It's probably nothing, but yeah. I'm uh, going to work. Take we have to take our temperature uh, twice a day and wow. log it in a book. Lucky it ain't anal, huh? Well, yeah, yeah. No, well, there's an option, but uh, I always go more oral and uh, the uh, wear masks everywhere. Do they do the hand thing or just because I've heard like people they just you put your hand on. Something. No, they point it at your forehead. Oh. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> well, see, for me, I work at... Yeah. I go into Execution buildings. style. Yeah. A little laser. <laughs> you know, so imagine, like, for me, I go into buildings after they close, so mm-hmm. we do banks and stuff. Okay. So I'm going into banks wearing masks at night with a van. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Who would have no, thunk yeah. it? Yeah, I know. You know, but there's nobody there. Classic so, Batman yeah. villain. Yeah. Uh, right? I know. It's like, we're coming out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's what I said, too. It's like, banks are reopening. I'm going in one because I'm wearing a mask in a bank. <laughs> yeah. I remember my first time into a liquor store with a mask. And back I then, I didn't have... It was early on. I didn't have one yet. I had a kerchief, like a little bandit Oh, kerchief. I was doing the scarf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, this is wrong. <laughs> I had the story of the story is like one of my good friends is in new hampshire he, he's a manager of a liquor store now mm-hmm. he said when this was hitting it's like okay again i thought the toilet paper jokes yeah i'm gonna go buy toilet paper if there's a i can eat it right yeah, he right. said people were coming in some yeah. guy came in he yeah. had to have cash because he bought 900 cases of beer uh, oh, wow. this dude is settling down wow. and i would go to wagman's i would see cases of beer yeah. going out there because i never got the toilet paper thing after the last gig i saw in 1916 on st patrick's yes. day when they were closing yeah. i figured i'd stop at penfield mm-hmm. so i go in and brunettes shopping too he just skipped out okay. but what they took is bread there was literally no bread yeah. people have funny things about that starvation was, and, yeah. and 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 where, not whatever, being able not to wipe their ass. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, always I, said, it's like, okay, it's like, that is the not the first thing shortage. that comes to me. Oh, uh, here, there's the old thing the two guys are sitting in the bathroom all of a sudden, hey, buddy, you got changed for a 20? <laughs> yeah, right. 
Now I think about like how many sweatshops have sprung up all over the world making these masks. Things. I know, I know. Well, one of my pals that she does, her mom does make it so it's uh, my friend Stephanie, and they do T-shirts and everything. Yeah, she said they made lots of cash, and I asked her, okay, please tell me. See, like this mask, the Rocky Bowwinkle. This yeah. is my cousin. My cousin made it because nice. she got bored, so she started doing these. Nice. But she said, they, so I said, okay, what's the number one popular mask? My Little Pony. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, you know, one of the things. Have you done any streaming? No, I mean, uh, no. Other than uh, I haven't. Uh, if you're asking me, <laughs> and both of you, I know, I know, um, I know. You filmed the concert for. Yes, yeah, so I was watching in Nana's uh, Wheeltop Power Friday night with a drink in my hand. Wish I could have seen couch. it. <laughs> you can watch it now if you want. It's still. It's still oh, is it? Um, oh, yeah, 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 I was watching. Yeah, it live. I can actually show after we get home. Ellison Moore is doing one at noon, I won't be home. I'll have to see it. I'm going to watch that, and then I'm actually going to watch Alan Murphy did one last night. Oh, sweet. So you can do the repeat. Just watch the repeat. Oh, okay. And I do those watch party things just to try to help my friends or whatever, yeah. you know. Oh, anyway, continue. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I've had, no, I haven't done any, like I said, right when this happened, uh, JPP was just, I had just in February had a hernia operation, and I spent most of February healing from that, and then started uh, Started rehearsing in March, in mid mid March. I had my first like two hour rehearsal. I could play good, and Bobby was just starting to transition, and then the thing hit, and so we stayed away. And while we were away, he broke his leg, and blah blah oh. blah. So, I haven't had any opportunity with the JPP. I've seen this is a phenomenon. Some of my friends have done these since March. I've seen musicians losing it, going stir crazy. Literally, <laughs> I had a friend of mine who's done one on Thursdays every week. She literally finally lost it on air and said, uh, this isn't really fun anymore. I like playing in front of you people. Yeah. One of my friends was doing it on Sunday. She was acting like she sniffed helium before doing it <laughs> some weeks. Can I go on a rant here? Yes. No, he's yeah, a cheer sure. for her. Okay. Please do. Me, okay, again, people... Joke with me because, like, a lot of times I'll bring lights to shows, and you know, even if they're not big deal lights, just some lights. Because as it gets darker, mm -hmm. eight o'clock or whatever, you don't want to look like you're playing in the dark, okay? So you have a little light on your front, people, or and one in the back or something. So everybody remembers that I'm still around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so anyway, with some of these streaming things, that's why I got to give Sue and Don credit because they kind of transformed their basement a bit. It's like, okay, folks, if you're gonna do something in your house. Put up a black thing. Put up something. I don't want to see your couch. I don't want to see your sink. Yeah. I don't want to see your pictures on the wall. <laughs> I yeah. want it. If you want to look like a you're playing box. in a club. See the cat jump over put, the yeah, thing while you're playing. Put a backdrop up. Put a couple <laughs> of stupid lights up. And and then it'll look cool. Yeah, it'll Alyssa look nice it and it'll give studio. you more of a vibe of... And she yeah. does like the lights. By, but I had one yeah, of my friends me. playing. One of my friends is playing. You Listen. see the pictures. Uh, and freaking the cat jumps on her guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go chase the well, cat. Yeah. Somebody rang the doorbell. I gotta go see who this is. Oh, this kid selling stuff. <laughs> Plus, you don't get the feedback. I think a lot of playing live, you get into it when the crowd gets into it. And you're, yeah. you know, well, you know, saying speaking of that, watching some of these late night shows where these guys are doing them kind of sans people, and it's just like they tell a joke, nothing. They tell a joke, nothing. You know, it's funny, but you don't hear the audience. You don't hear the, any clapping. You don't hear any chuckling. It's very weird it's like, to hear it's, a stand-up monologue with no reaction. That's bizarre because I've been watching the NHL playoffs, 
and it's even freaker if you watch that or baseball. They pipe in crowd noise, yeah, right? Yeah, which is bizarre. Like, yeah. It's like something. It sounds yeah. like something from a sci-fi I, movie. Yeah, like yeah, with the dummies in the yeah. seats. <laughs> yeah, with the dummies or the sex dolls in yeah. South Korea. <laughs> <laughs> they would blow up dolls. <laughs> but also pro wrestling. So going a lot of surprised-looking women in the stands. <laughs> they had Giddy <laughs> Lee was at the Blue Jays game. They had a Getty Lee there. You could yeah. pay him. Oh, yeah, that's, right. that's but right. But they, but I know Rush was like big following sports. They were big Blue Jays fans. If you know. <laughs> but you know, but the thing I was watching the baseball <laughs> yesterday, and I was thinking about the piped in. I go, well, you know, they, you know, a guy makes a close play at the first, and the crowd goes ah, and it pumps up like a real crowd. So someone's hitting buttons, and I was like, I guess it's better than if it was just silent. Uh, because it was the Yankees in Boston yesterday for a few minutes. I remember watching it, and but it's bizarre. Everything, the whole 2020 is so. Oh. Remember, remember the Batman episode with the Archer, and he had his little applause oh, machine. Yeah, with him. yeah, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. But it's like the same thing, like pro wrestling going back then. They're they're doing it to empty arenas. I guess UFC is too. Yeah, I've, you know, <clears throat> I've uh, that's tough to watch and. Be honest with you, their current product, it sucks. The current it product sucks. is not. Well, <laughs> we could go on yeah. for years about not, that. It's not yeah, really good. I, yeah, the, yeah, I don't want to bore the hell out of Greg, <laughs> but <laughs> well, I don't. Mean. I don't get uh, too into the current thing. The current product doesn't do float my. I I I got the network and I watched the whole old library before I got here. I was watching Mid Atlantic from 1983. Oh. Yeah, and uh, Dirty Dick Slater <laughs> turning on. <laughs> Yeah. I watched one nobody would be able to do this these days. I watched the one with the Midnight Express against Mr. Wrestling 2 and Magnum P where they tar and feathered Mr. Wrestling 2. Oh, that's great, <laughs> they, yes. they whacked over Mr. Wrestling 2. They yes. hit him with, and he sold yeah. it because what happens, they come out and Magnum's got feathers all over yes, him. Yes, and he's yeah. I've never been, and Mr. Yeah. Wrestling 2 yeah. still holding his head and yeah. they get whacked they over They pour like chiral syrup all yeah. over. What is this? This is uh, wrestling <laughs> angles from the 80s. Uh. Mid-South wrestling. Uh, I've watched all that stuff. I've done. I so I've been going angle. back, just That's watching awesome. full shows of this yeah. stuff, and going, wow. "Okay, this is just utterly great." <laughs> yeah, it's for, poor Greg doesn't know what the hell you we're can talking check about. That's okay. <laughs> like I said, I come to these things, and what I don't get, I listen to, and I go, hmm, well, but we'll that is check like that out and see what you're talking about. I said, like, for, like, a couple places, they've had shows no where they've had, like, a person come and play solo, and it's, like, weird. It's, like, a person playing there with no crowd. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, when, when this thing is over, all of our bands, the shows are going to be so f- huge and phenomenal. Right. People are going to be... I'm when, hoping. When, when, you know, uh, when things are back to normal, I mean... You can see it's, you know, there's gigs here and there. You guys played an outdoor one. Or you can book outdoor ones here and there. Oh, well, that's going to change um, soon. <laughs> yeah, it might. Yeah, because, yeah, the weather's turning. and uh, uh, But when this is over, the shows are going to be colossal for a couple months. Well, too, I had my, con- <laughs> right. I, my canceled concert tour because I was like, for example, I was going to go see Jason Isbell and Trey Anastasio at CMAC. Oh yes, that bought it. I was gonna go see a show at Levon Helm Studios, which you've never been there. It's a barn. It's I'd great. love to go to that. It's, oh my god! If you have to get yeah. tickets there, yeah. get them the first day. They yeah. sell out, and it's a barn though. Literally fifty right. people, so mm-hmm. there's no way. It's yeah. like right. I was gonna go see Nick Cave in Philadelphia. Like I've never played in a barn. <laughs> I did. I did. I played in okay. a barn for for a, we were hired in the Rift Monsters. We were hired to play a, someone's. Uh, graduation party. They paid us a whole lot of money. The parents did who saw us at Sodas Point said, we won't play this party. So 
we we set up they have a stage set up in the barn and just at dusk when we're about to play they they light the bonfire way over there and all the kids rush to the bonfire and we start playing to an right. empty barn it was like <laughs> it was in the very back of the barn grandma was sitting and there was a dog and a goat <laughs> and and all the kids, oh, there's a joke there somewhere. The 50, 60 kids partying around the bonfire. That's an album title for sure. <laughs> yeah. Grandma, a dog, and a goat. Yeah, in a barn. <laughs> well, you know, Tom Waits recorded Mule Variations in a barn. No, did he? Oh, yeah. yeah, and if you listen real closely, because I want to get that feel. And I guess John Cougar did one thing too, like that. But have you ever been... done played any of those gigs where you might have played some songs that aren't age appropriate when there's kids there? Um, I, uh, I think we probably had some on the set, but we made calls not to. <laughs> well, we had, there's two stories I remember. The Isotopes played the German house for New Year's Eve one day, one year, and they didn't realize it was an older crowd. Uh-huh. Carl told me eight people walked out. Wow. Because the of their thing. Yeah, well, they do that snarky. And Carl yeah. said, I didn't even know people knew what a blumpkin was. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's high, high, it's intelligent humor. And the other one, though, this wasn't intelligent. It was at some <laughs> street fest. My good, my dear friend Megan Taylor, who was a beat or show or something uh-huh. she so doesn't realize it's all families she yells out really loud who wants to fuck <laughs> and she looks and there's all these little kids <laughs> but i do like greg townsend, mommy what is that greg townsend told me the joke one time they changed johnny jim and jack to johnny appleseed yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. one barn gig i did that was kind of fun this is gonna really blow your mind probably but i was in this wedding band right that swing shift Wedding band, yeah, I remember this with uh, the Bradley, couple of Bradley brothers. There's so, tons of them. <laughs> yeah, it was Mark and Scott are in that band. So anyway, we actually, this is no lie, we played Glenn Beck's daughter's wedding. Oh. So I go, we go there. It's out in Seneca Falls somewhere, and I meet Glenn Beck, and he's a nice guy and all that. It was raining though, was it? So everybody stayed inside, so it was kind of a fun gig. But it's, it was interesting. It was an interesting. They're crowd. In the barn. Yeah, nice I, bar with I a big loft tell. where the band went up. But yet we had to bring all our stuff up this stupid ladder and oh, we're up in the loft. Oh, and it was like, did you try oh, to lift gosh. it up like tie a rope to it? And nah, it I don't know. We that, figured it out, but it was just uh, it was kind of a pain. That's a contender for worse loading. Yeah. Too. Oh, I know. One of the funny ones that got me, my friend Johnny Cummings played a thing Thurman Thomas, and oh, wow. it always came out as ironic. Oh, he played for Thurman Thomas. And this was the year the Detroit Lions were 0-16. Oh. So Thurman, as a thank you, he gave him free tickets to one Bills game. It was the Lions game. <laughs> so I wonder if there was a comment on the show. <laughs> right. Here, go see the Lions. <laughs> no doubt. But oh, that's really, I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, it was all over. But what are some of, like, we've talked weird gigs. Yeah. One, we, I mean, I know one of my friends said he saw Loverboy playing in a, on a bowling alley. <laughs> you know, yeah, has well, there been some strange places? <laughs> well, different venues had bands back in the days, you know. One thing you both should look into is the Ionia tractor pull. It probably won't be the, one of my friends have played that. He said he loves it. They go on right before the tractors. He said, if you've never been to a tractor pull, you got to go play it. Uh, I've been to some in Kentucky. They're pretty crazy. Down in Kentucky, especially. Right. Oh, I can in imagine. In the mid-80s, you know. I'm trying to yeah. think. I, I, well, I did one of those van shows out in Weedsport or somewhere, like, where they just have everybody brings their vans. They're all 
painted up and all that stuff. Well, I have some amazing story. stuff. I do have to edit this story a little yeah. bit, but one of my friends played in Mrs. Scanato and Scobbin, my friend mm-hmm. Justin. So they went down. They played in West Virginia. They drive the van down. It's got Jamaican flag and everything oh, on wow. it. And he said the experience with the people there was literally, if you watch the Blues Brothers with the chicken wire, yeah. he yeah. said he went in the, the bar had chicken wire, yeah. and they had no idea about the reggae and about oh, stuff. Wow. <laughs> What's this raga music? Right. <laughs> we all like both kind of music, country and western. And, yeah. <laughs> he forgot to play one. <laughs> yeah. But I remember, because like, my taste in music, so I remember one week for Water I went to see David Allen Coe, and three or four nights later, I went to go see Toots and the Maytals. And Toots was just, he looked like Rudy Ray Moore. He had this freaking red leather on. One of my favorites. And he's just, for me, for reggae, my gateway to reggae, it wasn't Bob Marley first. It was the soundtrack to The Harder They Come. Oh, look. And that was what really got me. And I was always one of those people, I listened to something, this John was great. Okay, let's get going. Then I got Bob Marley's box set. I was yeah, no, I was like uh, training wheels. You know, I was the guy that got his hand on the Bob Marley Legends record, and I go, "This is really good. I like this." And then from there, you know, that's a whole lot of uh, yeah. us white people. <laughs> well, you ever hear Keith Richards' thing about playing reggae in Jamaica? He said, yeah. I can't believe these guys. They smoke a joint as soon as they wake up. <laughs> I wait 10 minutes at least. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like the as they're making their coffee. <laughs> they're but I've been, I went to Montego Bay many, many years ago. I think Peter Tosh was one yeah. of my first ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mama Africa, which yeah. is great. But I went to Jamaica many, many years ago on... I still remember one of the stories I say, the bad part. I actually ran into the Klan at the Atlanta airport. Oh, man. Which is like, an, it was, number one, you try to, you go, these buffoons wearing these. But Did it they was, have the robes on them? They looked, and I'm trying not to laugh, and yeah. then I'm going, you know, these guys are just fucking idiots. But, <laughs> yeah. You know? But then but then I remember going down, and what you would hear at night was the reggae in the hills. Uh-huh. It would be oh, incredible. S- Wild. It was just great. And, I would like that. And then you'd be on the beach, but you'd see, I remember these guys going out, and it was so funny watching, because the water was all clear, mm-hmm. like a shark. These guys are trying to beat a shark with an oar. <laughs> and I remember the other time, the boat goes on, they come back, and I'm like, what the heck did they, why did they come back? They're catching, they forgot the ganja. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you might as well forget your and pants. And I smuggled back some Appleton uh, 151 rum, which was... <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. But I loved it there. It's just you could hear the music, and the music was so pure. Uh, I bet, And man. everything. I've never been. Huge, Greg? No. That's well, plus... I've been, I think I've been on a cruise. I think I went to a couple. And you could drive but across not, the island in one day. It's that small. Yeah. And they're very. it's very safe because tourist industry is so big down there. But I've never been a tourist. Wherever I've gone, I've gone off the grid. Uh-huh. I want to experience. Yes. Like I would go walk around in Russia. Uh-huh. And I remember talking to prostitutes in a bowling alley in a hotel under Leningrad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, But that's what I've always done. I don't want to get the touristy stuff. But we had one of our... One of my friends, like, he knew somebody from the record industry had a house, so it was by the beach. So, right. when, uh, the only thing, if you went to the outhouse, you had to watch out a scorpion didn't bite your ass. And I still, that's why I, I think I have an outhouse paranoia now. Because <laughs> yeah. there's, like, little scorpions. Oh, like, man. ah, so I cannot, it's like, I'm going, you have to go. I, I did go, go I was on a cruise, and I, I think we went to the Dominican, I don't, we, I can't remember where we went. Where's that Atlantis place? That hotel, Atlantis with the hotel. They don't know. The, Plato the, said it was between the things, the her, pillars yeah. of Hercules, like Madagascar. <laughs> you know, you ever go to that place? It's got I've, an underwater I've seen the thing. The you go underneath, and there's all this water, and you can look through, and they got fish, you know. But it was, but it was there, and I, I was on a cruise, and I was, I remember went, I 
I was on the beach or something, and one of the guys that works for like the rec, recreation or something, he comes up to me about, hey, you want to buy a little? Okay, okay, sure. Here's serious. Whereas I remember the old. Days. I've been having these. I don't like getting so nostalgic because this year I'm starting to have flashbacks <laughs> about stuff because I'm. My summer's nothing. Yeah. I still remember going to Country Suite, how this dude kept trying to sell me oregano every time yes. in the parking lot. <laughs> every time. Country Suites. Yeah. But I'm just remembering, I'm all of a sudden having this nostalgia because this year sucks so much. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You know, the good old days when we had to go try to find an, you know, a neighbor where we could go do a bottle in the woods or something. And I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking all the places I used to buy booze from. Right, <laughs> right. Simpler yeah. times. Simpler yeah. times. And, and the rush of buying booze, there's like a place on St. Paul I'd go to. And i go in, no idea or anything. Uh-huh. I remember the one time I thought I was going to get busted because I'm like ordering the stuff. The manager comes on like, ah. <laughs> I left my the car. I gotta go. He's like, oh, oh, you know, we have more in the back. <laughs> <laughs> my neighborhood liquor store is a great name. Euphoria Liquors. Right. <laughs> Euphoria Liquors. That's the one I went in with my mask on. They know me. Though. That's the one that got hit, right? In the in that it did. Yeah. It did actually. Yes. <laughs> with that dumb girl. That yeah. When, looked uh, right at the camera. Yeah. The when, what was that? Uh, <laughs> the riots things. The uh, the it was right after. The Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, um, I was working that night. Monday. It was an interesting evening. <laughs> I heard about it. I you because we could hear the police cars and stuff. We're, um, yeah, it did get hit. Yeah, that's bad. The other thing I was going to talk about, you know, you met Rob Mount. We've right. been doing the drummer thing online, mm-hmm. and he said he didn't want to mention name like Neil. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the drummers you like? The people like he mentioned Liberty Devito. Who's oh, going to yeah, have a book great. out soon? Mm-hmm. He's mentioned a lot of different drummers. Who's somebody maybe somebody wouldn't know about? Who's really you go? This guy is really really good. There's a guy named Brian Titchy that's really really good. Yes, he's a rock drummer, but he's like he's one of these touring <clears throat> hounds. He played he played with Sabbath and he played with. Uh, I just saw him on this White Snake thing on uh, one of the Roku channels. Did he also, great concert. He was early early on with Billy Idol, wasn't he? He Don't might have attention. been, and and he played with the Dead Daisies, that band with the, uh, it's like a kind of a super groupish with that John Corbin guy that would play with Motley, sang mm-hmm. with Motley Crue for mm-hmm. one record, and and I mean you know he's really good. I mean he's a lot more flashy. I mean he can do the thing where he bounces the stick and goes yeah. way up and he catches yeah. it. He's okay. got great. Feet, I actually saw you know. one guy, Bobby Rondinelli for the Rainbow. He did that and the stick went flying behind. Yeah, him. yeah. <laughs> Um, but he's an animal, man. I mean, he's very good. If you want to learn like basic rock 101, he's the guy. <laughs> I'm having so many names, you know, like when you're trying to pour too too oh. viscous a liquid out of a small funnel. Oh, like yes. names are getting stuck up here. Like, you know that. Uh, when I was going down the rabbit hole the other day of drum solos on YouTube, like I do sometimes, uh, Sonny Emery, you're familiar with him, right? Uh, look up some of his drum solos. He's and he has played on a lot of R and B and funk. Great session, great. And of course, uh, well, you know everybody's going to know Dennis Chambers, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, like maybe just drummers though. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I I love him. I, I'm always big Ian Pace fan because he's a rudimental, <laughs> oh, real yes. good rudimental guy. There's so many great ones out there. That's the thing, the story. It's like you hear the big oh. names we know, but there's just so many and so many different styles. Um, yeah, uh, you've seen the thing going around on social media where drummers are 
nominating drummers to pick their See, ten, my friend Rob Mullins been doing them. So he tried to yeah. be more obscure, that's why. Yeah, well, I'm trying to think of mine. And, and Well, first, if I you pick ten, I'll be leaving out 50. Right. That's like uh, the best. I've got hit with the best albums, yeah. and I'm like, what day of the week is it? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, I, I so kind of try to me. break it down, though. I mean, some guys are better at grooves. Some guys are better at flash. Some guys mm-hmm. are better at solos. I mean, when you hear a lot of these guys play solos, it's because they have just so much knowledge. But mm-hmm. if you hear them play in their respective mu- bands, I mean, they're going to play whatever works for the music. You know what and that's one of the big yeah. things about being a drummer. I mean, you can play all kinds of crazy stuff. Yes. Yeah, but like, you know, my struggle, man, back when I was trying to learn transition from a metal prog drummer, I could play Dream Theater stuff, but right. I couldn't lay down a Grateful Dead groove, which seemingly should be way easier but well you know there's where you get the intangibles of feel and grace and push and pull not just this 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 physical feat of how many notes you can fit in a bar and that's what john bonham said about (laughs) it you know you might be able to do with like a triple whatever but if you don't have the feeling but one of the guys i found out was a Really impressive jazz drummer, at least to me, was Charlie Watts. I have his oh, CD Watts so. at Scott's, yeah. and Ronnie Scott's, and that's when I was in England. I had to go see Mika Pilgrim's Ronnie Scott's Jazz uh-huh. Club, and he's fantastic. Yes, you know a lot he's... of people. The other person who always gets like the flack just because we like to make fun of him is Ringo Starr. Oh my yeah. I was just thinking of him. You know, I was thinking because it was Pete Best's birthday, and I was reminiscing about meeting Pete Best. Watch some of his old. But Ringo is not a joke. No, he's not at all, man. You talk about like you know the phrasing of his of his of his fills are so musical. I don't need to have a lot of notes and just the odd stuff he chooses as grooves. It's so perfect. And (laughs) and watch his '60s stuff if if they have full on shots of him, and watch his hi hat work. Mm-hmm. It's obviously we're on an audio thing here, but he swings mm-hmm. back and forth on the mm-hmm. hi hat. He is not doing no. like a pounding, like he's hammering no, a nail. A cir- almost a he's circular. He's doing yeah. a like a like yeah. like you would do on a ride cymbal yeah. in a jazz because like, he came from that skiffle thing and the mm-hmm. and the. I mean, what is it? I feel fine. Is it? I feel fine. He's playing that rumba thing. With, yes. the, with the bell, the symbol, mm. you know. Theory, who the hell too. does that in the pop My song? My theory Nobody. is all the Beatles, like all four, they were like archetypes of people. And he was like the right, the regular guy. And you figured he was just the the guy they brought in. He they don't really have so much talent. He was he part of the magic, you know. He was absolutely part of the magic. Everybody, all the respect goes to, you know, John and Paul, but he... George and Ringo were equally part of the I'm magic. More and more, George has become right. my favorite Beatle the more and more I listen to oh, I always say my favorite solo <laughs> album is All Things Must Pass. That poor guy. How many songs could the, uh, uh, the strong personalities John and Paul were, and George was just probably right. lesser that? How many great songs did not get on Beatles records because of John and Paul wanted to get Well, they said, too, like, John, they, they said, like, <laughs> right. John, like, Paul would barf out like 10 songs in a day yeah, they were all good songs right you know, what are you gonna do well that's why i said the other time i was here i said with my one song on the album that was trailer romance i'm like i'm the george harrison yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. thanks for my one and song i know you sung I, I thought that's very that's actually for me it's always touching when you play your song about he was my friend oh now, is that the only time i was gonna ask another part of that how is it singing being song. on the drum i love whenever you play yeah. there would be a highlight it was always emotional yeah but how like singing on drums I well, can barely like you know chew yeah. them and walk at the same time. It's, a, it's it's something I had to work on for sure. Um, but like when I give my 
it's it now it's second nature. But and sometimes I have to. I'll come upon a passage where I'm doing something and I'm trying to sing and, and it's something that it trips me up. You know, in in rehearsal, I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to work on that. But then after a while, it becomes second nature. One of the things I teach all my students is when we're doing our rudiments, we do we have conversations. In other words, conversations that you know, we, like we're talking right now, when we'll be do, doing our uh, you know, flam taps and just having a conversation about what happened in your day today. It helps like separate the the right. rooms in your brain to your playing one and your speaking one. That's one thing I've you know I've always done when I'm talking about Tony in that song. Uh, something happens. It's such an emotional song, and. I can listen back to it and get weepy. I do, and it's not only because I knew you know, I knew Tony a little, but you think of every friend in your life you lost. Yeah. And it's like, that's the way I feel. I lost, like, it seems like, you know, we get older, unfortunately, that's part of the life. Sure is. You know, and I've <laughs> lost my dad. I mean, I miss him a lot and everything, but he's still, he was 91. I've lost people who've been gone way, way too soon, and I always think about, you know, we were this young, we should be hanging out now. Right, right, <laughs> you know? right. No, it, uh, but the... When I'm actually performing it, I've been lucky enough to just like go into some. Okay, I'm, I, I, the emotion never took me over, and I was never. I was very lucky, but I can listen back to it and start crying. You ever on the lighter side? You guys ever prank anybody while you're playing in your band? Oh my goodness! No, I got to tell one story, and then you can tell yours. I guess I saw Black Sabbath on the, the tour with Ian Gillen, right? Uh-huh. So I they didn't do it, but I guess his you know his bongos. It was mm-hmm. come. I guess Tony Iommi said what they did at a lot of gigs. They tied fishing wire to it. He started playing. They yank it off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can't, uh, I can't actually, Greg, can you think of anything in one of your bands? I mean, you... I've never I, seen... I didn't never, not never a purposeful prank. Uh, the only thing I, that happened to me once, it wasn't really a prank, but it kind of ended up one. I was playing in Sodas Point. The classic story. <laughs> the classic story. I was playing in Sodas Point at the Papa Joe's on a flatbed thing. And so I was, my back was against the fence and on the other side of the fence was like, there was a bait shop and there was this little alleyway where you walked into the bait shop. So this family was coming back from fishing or something. And the guy had his fishing poles over his shoulder and somehow I must've leaned back just enough. His pole swung around, his hook caught the back of my (laughs) t-shirt and he kept on walking. And as I... (laughs) As I'm playing, I'm being jerked around like a freaking, you know, Thunderbirds puppet, you know. <laughs> like, oh, I've, I don't, I've seen weird. this at people's shows, and I still can't believe it. It's the oblivious people. You will have people. You'll have people come in. I've seen this at shows. People are playing, oh. and you will get the oblivious people come in, and they'll put money in the jukebox. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I can't hear. Yeah. Hello. But the other one, too, I keep thinking of, like, the other bullshit movie, Whiplash. In- insult people much? Because you know? if you've ever, I always say that about whiplash it's like yeah you know i'm sure like when you're yeah. teaching students is it faster yeah. now yeah right <laughs> no i'm not a, a dick like that guy <laughs> no i mean that's like, i mean number one they would have kicked the scout out in the day yeah number two it wouldn't even be fun uh-huh. <laughs> go sell insurance i refuse guy. to watch that movie now you gotta, there's something about movies like that i don't want to see them because they're, they're to me they're not realistic 
oh, this is crap, totally. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't I think mean, that's I mean, I've had some crazy, that's mostly, not mostly <laughs> yes. I had psychotic gym teachers when yeah. I was in, right. in school. Those he, are the he, biggest nuts. He knows a thing or two because he's seen a thing that's or two. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's right. That's the actor dude, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but that's, yeah, I that mean, guy gets around. He's those were the craziest actor. teachers I've had, but like, I've had art teachers. I had one art teacher in grade school that was pretty nasty, you know, we were using fabric crayons and we got yelled at for some stuff. But, <laughs> you know, because we take away, it's got to be partly, it's also got to be the passion and the fun. When stuff's being fun you know it becomes work and like bruce springsteen said i've never worked in a day in my life it's called playing for a reason (laughs) i mean if you don't make if you're not allowed to make mistakes you don't really learn anything if it has to be perfect 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 you don't really know what you don't know the road there until you make the the idea like i remember don felder would complain about don henley because he would say if you listen to live eagles it's like album and why would you bother going to the show? You want to hear a little, like, you know, improvision. Yeah. And, yeah. and and some of the greatest creative accidents has come out of mistakes that we've, you know, in, in whether it be live or in the woodshed where it, it was a mistake and it turns out to be a great idea and we end up turning, you know, being part of the song. Yeah. Um, and I would even do, like, the one, I mean, I do have the anal retental thing about lyrics where, like, if somebody does a song, they goof the lyrics up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. It's like, it's still good. Yeah. I, you know, I, but, I, I never muted my phone. It's okay. <laughs> no. We have, like, it'll go off or anything else. But it's been very great having you on, too, speaking of that. It's been very fun. It's I hope been, you had fun. Thank you. Awesome. I, am a, uh, I am a closeted, not really closeted, but podcast addict i mean i have 340 podcasts in my queue currently that you know uh and uh and i've 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 seen your guys's podcasts i've been friends with rob online for a while i've seen him come to shows yeah. for years and years right and i've seen you on the podcast and i go wow that'd be cool and to be asked is uh anytime really you know cool, anytime man. you know come back yeah, we'll talk program now for podcasts what do i listen to every week jim Cornette. Yeah. okay me i listen to jim Cornette. i listen to uh i listen to jim ross jim ross the ross report yeah the, who's the, the the dude that does with all those people up uh, conrad thompson he does yeah. uh, uh but Jim Ross got coveted for me because I was going to go see him live. He was, play, <laughs> he was playing here, so they postponed it. They yeah, postponed it again. Right, they finally right. canceled it. I was going to go see JR live. I got VIP. <laughs> I listened to the Modern Drummer podcast, which is really good. I don't know if you ever. I've you, never listened to that. I don't do a lot of. I got to start looking. It's into great. Some of these it's uh, it's a couple educators. Uh, it's the it's the uh, it's the um, it's the uh, editor of the magazine. Okay, and Dan. Johnston, a major online educator, and they do it every week. And they talk, they do education, gear review. They have a featured artist, and it's and and it's so good, oh, so good. I, There's yeah. so much. It's the thing you could find what you want. I think the last I one I listened one, to was like Ask the Mortician, where she tells stories about like famous deaths, like what happened to the people who fell in the Titanic. I would just say, well, they drowned. Right. They into, <laughs> you know, they go into deep. She goes into deep details yeah. about uh-huh. like the Donner Party, about what history doesn't tell you, and it's fascinating. Oh, hardcore history. Yeah, dark history is another one. Uh, Dan Carlin. Yeah. That would be interesting. It's all, you could find it. It's all out there. There's a lot of crap, but there's a lot of good stuff. I I listened to one back in, well, this is probably a couple years ago. It was called Back to the Bad Cave. And this guy, oh yeah, they just dissect all the, all the old Adam West, that every episode, and they talk about different things and Pretty interesting. Whereas we just talk about whatever shit we can think of. That's right. It's it's flow of consciousness, man. You do, and they go by really quick, and they're fun. But okay, plug. Now you were playing. What's coming up for you? Uh, Well, um, 
JPP John Payton Project is uh, will be will be coming back shortly. Uh, 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 Bobby, when he gets his leg back together, uh, we should be able to whip that back and start booking shows within a few weeks. Uh, I don't have anything committed right now. Um, and in my other band, Centenary Road, uh, the the reggae rock band, look them up uh, on SoundCloud. We have some tracks up on there, uh, and we are just finishing up uh, our first record called Last Dance, and it's a really good pure rock reggae record, uh, a pure blend of those two styles with a really great frontman, Paul Brown, and... Uh, that's what I got going on. And really, you've, if you've done the drive, you've done the drive-ins, haven't you? Yeah, I did a couple. And the they're okay. Fanatics, yeah, I did, I did that. Yeah, but then he got closed down like the, a few days after. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't yeah, know what happened. Right. I don't know. He, he violated something mm-hmm. out in Lima. There, it was a. It was nice though. I mean, people just pulling, you know, set up their chairs and sit in the parking lot and. But now you're playing with Krypton 88. Yeah, that'll be a Wednesday the 25th, I think that is, or the 26th, whatever the date That's that probably is. the other date I had a couple mixed up. I, just, I write stuff yeah. on my calendar and I can't read it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm waiting. Minus willpower. Right. Krypton 88. Yeah, Brian Lindsay. Brian Lindsay. Keep going. I and that's more. about, well, there's this other band called In The Mix. That That's a straight cover, yep. rock, like a 90, Did like a CMF playlist. you ever make fun of Brian, too, and call him Mayor Lindsay from Batman? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's another link we have is uh, we both played for Brian. Yeah. I think everybody's playing Well, I mean, yeah, and I'm waiting on him to finish, you know, this new CD record thing of his. You know, and that's got a, still got a ways to go, and... Um, she was screwed with a lot of plans. It's like, yeah, you, it sure are is. you on tracks on that? Are you on tracks? I'm on all of them. All yeah. of them? Yeah. Oh, good, good. Well, I think so, there's one I'm not on because he had to get a guy because he 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 sent a song out to uh, John Kelly. You know John Kelly? Yeah. And uh, he had a, he's in Austin there. He's moving back, I guess. But he was in Austin and he had another drummer. So. He had that drummer do a track and send it back. So other Ooh, than that one, modern but, times. Von, I know, I know. isn't it amazing? It's <laughs> like, but we were going to play. Is there something we could play from you, like your songs? Pick yes. Something out. Okay. Yes. Pick uh-huh. a song, any song. Uh huh. One of yours, so we I'll don't get sued. I'll go into my phone. <laughs> I'll go into my phone and pick one out. Uh, Here we go. Uh, we'll probably get flagged for it. <laughs> <laughs> what? How do I do it? Oh well. I'll we'll, take we'll, it into. We'll take care of it okay. after it's so over. We have our maestro. All right. Actually, we have little elves come and they get a little thing in a tree, and they broadcast it through birds, and we sprinkle Tiny it in elves. and mail it back to us. Uh, we have a great. This is from. This would be from our last performance uh, at February first, twenty twenty, right before my surgery surgery at Three Heads Brewing. JPP's last performance, and this would be a take on. Uh, our version of Rapture, Blondie's Rapture. Oh, it's cool. A, it's, oh, a, cool. it's a really... Uh, great venue, too. Yeah. Great, great venue. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, it was the last time. So I think that's what I'll pick. Okay, there we go. John Payton <laughs> Project, right? Yep. Because there's so many. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not Did the you? Ellen Parsons. I keep calling your band the Ellen Parsons Project. <laughs> John well, Payton's current there's project. There's two P's in that one, Yeah, too. that's why it's too much for my brain. But thanks, yeah. Charlotte. Thanks, brother, for being on. It's great Thank fun. Thank you so much, We're going to play this John Payton Project. Come back. I will, man. Come back man. and see us until I they will. close us down when the uh, next wave of I can is. come back <laughs> as a mass grappler one time. Uh, <laughs> brother. <laughs>
Yeah, actually, you can. We've done it in character before we played heroes, so you can just be the mass grappler. Yep. Mm -hmm. So cool. But thanks a lot. And create a whole backstory. Greg, see you on whenever the heck. Uh, okay. Whoever knows during these days. I'll be here. <laughs> I'll send a little owl to get you. See you. Thanks everybody. Bye. bye, -bye. Thanks, Rob.
Just have your party on TV Cause a man 